Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Steve Nowak. Steve had two near-death experiences, which caused him to change careers, and today we're going to learn about it. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, good. All right. I think it's best if we just start with your first one. So what happened? Okay. Um, well, I was four years old. I was driving my big wheel, which is basically a plastic tricycle. Not much to it. Uh, coming down the driveway, uh, there was a, a drunk driver. She wasn't paying attention, obviously. So I got hit by the car, went underneath the car. Uh, my big wheel basically saved me from going underneath the back tire. Um, I remember just going down and then waking up in a square room, which is all I could I could make it out to be was a, a, a carpeted bench all the way around. And I was sitting on someone and um, I'm, I'm sitting, leaning over. My head is down and as my eyes open. I see long white silver hair and then the same type of clothes, which is kind of like a robe. And I turn and I look to my right and this being has no face. The face is just light basically. So the light makes me want to lean towards, towards it, of course. And I ask what happened. They say my name. They tell me to put my head down, that everything's going to be all right. And I look kind of to my left, and everything looks like a blueprint. And like very translucent, like you would see a, a base for something that was going to be built. Hmm. And I put my head down. We spoke a little bit, and I didn't really remember what we spoke about. I put my head down and basically uh, woke up with toys at that time. And that was four years old. So you woke up with toys? Is that what you're saying? With toys, yeah. I remember waking up with toys. Where were I you? I knew something had occurred, but I couldn't really understand or process it clearly in my mind. Mm -hmm. the, the type of imprint that it made on my soul. Mm-hmm. Where did you wake up? In your room, in your house, or uh, the hospital? hospital? Hospital, yeah. Oh, wow. Because I, I had broken a collarbone, broken ribs, collapsed lungs, uh, broken shoulder blade. Uh, I was tiny at four years old. And I went completely under. She dragged me to the end of the road, basically. Wow. Uh, didn't know to stop until people had stopped her. So you said the room was entirely carpeted. Or is it just? Yeah, it was floor? weird. It was almost like I don't know if you ever saw the kids show rom the uh, romper room. 
It's been a long time. I, I, I'm sure I've seen well, it. It was, it was kind of like that. And I'm just sitting. And there's nothing in the room. And I'm just leaning on somebody. And I, I look at him. And, and the face was brighter than the sun. But thinking about it and, and just remembering it pulls me to it. When you said you saw part of the room look like a blueprint, it almost kind of reminds me of the Matrix. Yeah, it looked a lot like that. Like there was structure but it was only like, uh, uh, say somebody were to type a program. And, and later that became more knowledge that was revealed to me without me going to college, without me graduating high school, even uh, the physics and the quantum field and the things that I saw and that I was connected to and that I could connect others to. Do you think that that experience affected your life growing up? before you had the next NDE? I think it did. I think part of me subconsciously was searching for that feeling again, and I didn't realize it, so I was pretty reckless. My very first car, I flipped it over doing 80. I flipped it over five times. Five people in the car, and when it came to rest, there was only three. Wow. Everybody survived. Um Everything occurred in slow motion. That's when I injured my elbow and had to have the surgery. Hmm. And then that's when I heard, this was around 17, that's when I heard the voice that I heard when I was, wherever I was, when I was hit by the car at four. I heard it again as I was having the elbow surgery. And something in me started to move and click and, and sort of bend my mind. Like, is this reality? Who do you think that voice belonged to? You know, to this day, I can't narrow it down. All I can say is Holy Spirit, some sort of pure spirit for lack of a definition, whether it's higher self, whether it's God, whether it's angels. Um, there's so many answers, even working with them now in the work that I do that I don't have still about my own journey yet to unfold because when it unfolds for me, it's going to be a lot more uh, igniting rather than them just giving me all the answers. So I wish I could answer that. All right. So let's break this down. You, you went in for surgery on your elbow and then yep. did you wake up during the surgery? And, and if so, where were you and when you started hearing this voice talking to you again? What happened was I was going in and I was getting very anxious. And I'm like, I mean, over anxious. And I don't even know where it was coming from, but it, it overwhelmed me and I was ready to pull out whatever I had. It was the IV at first, but it wasn't any drugs. They hadn't given me drugs yet. That was like the next one. So I got real anxious and I, I went to pull it out and this calm came over me and the voice spoke and said the same exact words again, put your head down and everything's going to be all right. Except the feeling was there. And then all these memories started hitting me and these images uh, that seemed to contain data or information. Uh, it was like I unlocked a place within my consciousness. Um, whether that being was angelic, uh, whether it was alien, whether 
you want to call it God, Holy Spirit. I, th I think now I could only determine that as a frequency. And when I started this, like, journey of healing or, or, or however this affected me in my life, I had no concept of that. And that was just 15 years ago. I was just a regular job going to a retail manager job. So were you actually in surgery unconscious when this being started talking to you or was it right before? No, this was before. This was like right as I got there and I just got undressed and sat on the gurney mm -hmm. and I was having like so much anxiety because I didn't want to go through with it. Were you getting like a whole bunch of downloads right after that? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it the best way i can explain it was it was like all your feelings that you felt for however many years hit you all at once but you feel them separate they're simultaneously but you're feeling them separately hmm. and there really is nothing to describe that um similar to another experience i had while driving my car and the holy spirit hit me and I asked, who is this? As this voice came through once again, and this was a few years later, and the voice came through as I was beating myself up, telling myself all these terrible things about myself. It started telling me how beautiful I was, how many people I helped, all these things, and I started to well up. And I asked, who is this? At the time, I was just starting to hear spirits but i knew this was different so i asked and they said i am i asked again same answer i am again same answer and that's when a flood of emotions hit me and like a reflex i let go of all everything i had in me just crying like a baby i had to pull the car over and it was like wiping the fog from the glasses is all i could say so at the time when you were back to your pre-surgery, you heard mm -hmm. the voice and then were you like, right. oh my, did it bring back the, you know, had you had forgotten about the voice since you were four? So you're like, oh my gosh, there's that voice again or. Yeah, it was almost the feeling of hearing a friend that you knew mm -hmm. for your entire life that you had years and years and years and years of friendship with. It, when it hits you and then say so they call you up. Did you go through with, with the elbow surgery? I did. Yeah. When you came back from the surgery, was all that information that you received before still there? Um, it was there. And then some, I actually went into the doctor and I asked him what he did to me. I said, well, what did you do to me? Because that, then I started to see and feel and hear shadows pass through, silhouettes pass through my uh, peripheral vision. Uh, some were cloudy, some were light, some were dark. And, and, and so, yeah, a lot of that was opened up, you could say, almost like an expanded bandwidth of information. Yeah, it sounded like you had some type of opening to the other side at, when you were four. This either, yeah, could, and you forgot about it or something. Yeah, it uh, left an imprint, from what I understand, through my 
work the last six years in healing and working with the other side to ignite that love in people. Um, from what I understand, it was some sort of imprint that was left on me or what some refer to as a walk-in mm-hmm. or there was some exchange and this other side or this type of energy stayed with me. It vibrates at, at, at such a place. As long as I'm doing my work, it vibrates at a place where I can remote locate and do healing work through the quantum field, things like that. And that wasn't me like 15 years ago. I, I didn't be, barely believed in God. So uh, a lot of people naturally thought I was crazy. Of course, until you get the clients and you hear their words and their experiences. So are you saying that you have now a walk-in with you, like you're sharing this body, and maybe when you're doing things that, you know, kind of lower your brain state, like, you know, almost in a sleepiness state that the other one takes over? Not lowering my brain state. I can create a zero-point field. I can channel uh, from the Elohim and basically connect people to those realms, whatever you want to call it, those Mm -hmm. heavenly realms, uh, to where lower vibrations can't sustain. So I can bring them there and transmute them, basically. Hmm. Channels through me the energy that allows allows that to happen. So it's not me. It's uh, pretty much the channel, whatever was left with me when I went there, whatever I opened up. You could say. Can you tell us the uh, how it was the first time you did that? The very first time that I realized something was different, uh, I was a GameStop store manager, and uh, an elderly woman fell outside my store. And I went outside and to see if she was okay. She was in a lot of pain, and I instinctively put my hand on her back to see if she was okay. And she said, I don't feel any pain. I feel very warm. And I didn't think of it at the time, but she was in a lot of pain. I thought about it after I went back to my job. And at this time, I was having the experiences of awakening, the psychic experiences. Um, Starting to feel that burn within me, um, within my consciousness. But So that was the first time I noticed something was different. and then I had somebody come to me. Uh, they asked me if I could help them with a spirit, uh, remove a dark spirit, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, I'll try. So I used the same energy to do that work as well. Um, that was probably about six years ago. It's been about six years. Are you? What are you consciously doing when you're helping people? Are you just laying your hands on them? Um, well, I'm laying... Basically laying hands, you could say that. Um, But I'm being intuitively guided where to place my hands, where there's density of emotions, where there's a lot of blockages in the energetic body. Um, As we create emotions, emotions have frequencies. Some are low, some are high. That's why the masters and the teachers tell us to love, because that's a lighter vibrating emotion. So I can feel that density within people. So I'm transmuting that density with my hands, basically. You're just kind of sending it energy and love? 
uh, not sending an energy and love, um, connecting them to the guides, uh, a lot of, a lot of different effects really from depending on the session and the client's needs, it's really dependent on the client, um, activation of, you know, consciousness, uh, increased intuition, things like that, healing, etc. Can you tell? But yeah, you could say that. You could say you could, you're vibrating a universal love from uh, God for them within their body, allowing them to connect. Can you tell us about what more you learned about the blueprint that you saw as a child? Um, I learned that it connects all living things. Eventually, I learned that. I didn't learn that right away. But I learned that it runs through all living things and that people want to identify it and give it a, a, a physical identity in order to place it into something that they can understand when really it's not necessary. But they have names for it like the law of one, the Christ, the golden thread, the Krishna, the Buddha. And this energy is the singularity that basically created all things and that all things will return to to be created again and that's some of the information that about ascension things like that kind of reminds me of um i think they may call it in physics or quantum physics the quantum field where it's like a yeah. field of energy or something but there's an absence of any there's nothing there it's like a void right but connects everything yeah yeah it's almost like um from what it ex was explained to me when I originally woke up was there was the creation and we have to now cleanse creation uh, in order to expand the field. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like transmuting the personal body to expand your consciousness, but on a planetary level. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that stuff, physics and, and, and things, I didn't know it until... I had that crack open again in my consciousness. And it was something I certainly wasn't comfortable sharing or talking about for a long time. Never mind teaching about. So how did these experiences change your personality? Uh, I lost interest in a lot of the things that I used to do. There was no return in me, okay? I used to be able to turn on my Xbox as a GameStop store manager, play a game, Call of Duty, whatever it be. And I would feel a sense of, uh, of satisfaction in me, okay? Well, there was no sense of, of anything. I started to be able to reflect what truly was valuable to me. It was like I had a marker, and I started to be able to pick and choose and whittle down what I should be intaking and what I should be discarding. So a lot of it was my interests. A lot of it was people, uh, the people that I uh, hung around with or activities that I used to engage with. Um, when I came out of elbow surgery, it took me a long time to get out of addiction. That was one thing that I had trouble with. Um, as soon as this energy started to fill me, my center, and the only thing I can describe it accurately as possibly accurately as is like a kid on christmas morning 
or a kid on the night before Christmas and you're full of that joy and that love and that excitement. So when that filled me, basically took to replace the addiction, gone. Um, I started to basically just learn how to help people and, and give that to them, give them what I was feeling inside of me. Hmm. I had to find an output that matched. You know, it wasn't just any more little interests and, and go do what I wanted to do. I had to feed my soul like it was my blood. I had to learn how to serve to sustain a higher state of consciousness being. Without that lifeblood, um, I couldn't sustain in that place. So at, then at some point you changed from working at GameStop to doing what? Uh, working with seniors and just uh, those who are disabled, people with disabilities. Mm. Um, it was kind of like something that just dropped in my head. My grandfather had gone to a nursing home and he didn't have great experiences. So it was just in me. It hit me. I'm like, okay, that's something. And honestly, it's something that gave me back a part of my heart, allowed me to see my character when nobody was around. And I realized how valuable I was to these people when I didn't have grandparents. Mm. And I had all these grandparents that God gave me. And so I, you know, I started to see I'm not what the world tells me. I'm what this is. It gave me a firm foundation. So I get it. So I guess you took a job at the, um, at the home where your grandfather lived? No, it wasn't the same home. Uh, it, it was a different one. And then I went into home care, which is a lot better because you get cookies. Yeah. Yeah. You get cookies and uh, all that good stuff. How did your friends and family react to the new you? <laughs> they were scared. They wanted me to take medicine. They wanted me to take pills. They wanted me to go see a shrink, which I did. And then I told the shrink what the medicine was for because he wouldn't tell me. He yeah. goes, here, I want you to take this. And I said, well, what's it for? And he wouldn't answer me. I said, it's for a chemical imbalance, isn't it? And then he just kind of clammed up. Mm. Um, so naturally, I didn't take that. It was something that I was going through psychically because I was receiving the signs along the way, the synchronicities. I would hear things. And it sounds funny, but through the media, whether it's TV or radio, where it would be amplified in my ear. Okay, it's not the radio or TV that's changing. It's my ear that's adjusting uh, with a frequency. So it would be amplified in my ear. Certain words would come out, and they would make a different sentence than what's being said. And it would be something pertinent to what I hear, what I was thinking about, things like that. Um just various ways where I'd be guided to certain locations uh, and things would happen to where I needed to unlock something, whether it was about myself or, or, or anything else. Like I'd be guided to go to churches and I would try all different churches, different denominations. I'd try to talk to them about God and this and that and what I was feeling. And, and none of them had a clue. Um, I couldn't talk physics. I couldn't tell them I was touching things and I knew how to take them apart and put them back together. And I didn't know how I couldn't tell them that. Okay. All of a sudden this is happening. All of a sudden there's shadow people in my room. All of a sudden there's this and that and, and nobody to talk to. 
you know, people call you weird, things like that. And you have to take all your emotions you're placing outside of you and put them in. And that's the key. You mentioned, that's where your approval is, you know. You mentioned earlier that you had an addiction. What were you addicted mm-hmm. to? Uh, the pain pills that they gave me for the surgery. What do you think inspires you about your experience? I think all the pain that I had in my childhood, being abandoned uh, by my mom, waking up at night, not having anybody around, my father's at work, um, having that repeat through relationships, the childhood trauma, the loss of a couple children. And I learned how to love the, the, the way that I was supposed to love as an existent energy within me that's not dependent on somebody else's actions that I can choose to spend whenever I want. It's always with me. That's always my home. You know, and I want to share that to people who are open to share that, but I don't have to force it on somebody like it's a religion. Can you tell us any more about the physics that you learned? Um, it was pretty much that everything uh, comes from a consciousness root rather than, you know, the, the, the field. The, the, fi- the biophotons have information in them that tells them how to interact with other biophotons. Um, I learned that if I can charge myself with enough love, well, let's start with the more self-cleansing I do and the self-work spiritually. I can charge myself with love. I can send my bio photons to another location. Okay, person can feel my hand on them. Person can feel this, can feel warmth, can feel that, can feel this. Um, there were things that were just kind of unlocked in my mind as, as thoughts and polarity and that everything has polarity and what was coming down was creating polarity within me with my lower self or what I like to refer to in biblical terms as the scapegoat. Okay. The place in us where we store the fear, the worry, the anger, all that. So this opening in me was bringing down this energy, which was creating polarity with my false self. So I had a choice whether to bring that forward or not. Now, had how that equated to, to physics and things like that in the field is probably far beyond human understanding. I would say it's more measurable in outside the mainstream. Uh, there's a documentary I like called The Living Matrix that covers a lot of the scientific measurements of the biophotons and the reactions with thought and the power of thought. But I believe how much soul retrieval and how whole we are, how much of ourself we accept and make peace with and move forward with, is how much of us is present to operate in the, in, in, within those fields, those quantum fields. Do you have any tips for us if we want to do our own self-help energetically or spiritually? I would say, yeah. Uh, for me, the key is connecting the three points of energy. Um, I look at it as invocation, 
you want to invoke whatever source you prayed to through the crown down through the top you want to do your breath work to pull your breath up from the ground from underneath and you're looking for a reaction in the middle and this is creating polarity within you so you can self-cleanse you can move to a higher state of consciousness of peace so you want to do your invocation down to the crown the breath work from underneath and then you want to ask for expansion because you're looking to expand you mentioned the holy spirit and mm -hmm. that makes me wonder are you a religious person i would say i'm not religious I would say it's the same as what you would call the holy breath. It's the same as prana. It would have different names in different religions. And the word holy, of course, meaning pure. So pure spirit. You're calling the pure spirit down through your crown. Um, yeah, that, that's about it. I mean, I'd say I identify God in all the different religions, depending on whether it's truth in my discernment or not, you know? And I think that's what people should do. They should always find God in all places, in all moments. They shouldn't judge it, but they should feel whether it's truth or whether it holds value in the, the principles that, you know, reflect resonation within their heart. During your experience or outside of your experience, have you ever noticed any missing time or change in time or lack of time? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, in the beginning, I was vibrating so fast. Um, not only was I turning bright red and I had people go, hey, you're bright red, like instantly for no reason. But I went to the gas station and I was on lunch break, store manager at GameStop once again. And I'm standing in line, and I remember this kid gets out of line, and he asks his father for a Reese's peanut butter cup. He gets back in line. Okay, no big deal. He does it again. Does it the same way. The cashier does the same thing. Gets back in line. I'm like, did that just freaking happen? That, that just happened. It was like I was in it, and then I was in it again. And I was experiencing it and feeling it. And then I went back to my car. And this lady's talking on the radio. She's winning a radio contest. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Then the phone's ringing, like just a click. And then the phone's ringing and they're asking her the question and she's answering the question. And I'm like, she just answered the question. How's the phone ringing? How are they asking her the question? Mm -hmm. And then I look down and basically uh, I was like, 15 minutes had passed as opposed to what should be like five minutes. Um, it was just something where I thought I might have to put myself in an institution for, you know, uh, there's just so much energy running through me. Since you saw the blueprints, do you think we live in some kind of electronic construct? <sighs> a vision I saw later and I had a lot of visions, um, a vision I saw later was standing at some sort of console programming our experience. Now, whether that's to be a manifestation of, of a God or, or God in this matter as individualized quantified expressions, I'm not sure whether that's in a, a, a command and control system 
but it does sort of feel like if I create a certain type of energy, I get a certain type of response to a degree and that we do somewhat have sway over our creation. Um, whether it's simulated, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of control factors that we have overall. Earlier, but it does feel like a quantum computer in a way where if you give it a certain input, a certain code, if you will, you're going to get a certain response. Uh, you create a zero-point field, a vacuum field, you're going to start to transmute all the uh, dense energy in the environment, which contains code. You know, so are we clearing a program, a mass program, uh, a data storage, a hard drive? Earlier, you mentioned that when you're going through your experience, you felt all the emotions that you ever felt in your life at once. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that some sort of life review? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think it was something that was like, it showed me who I was and who I wasn't and who I should be and who I shouldn't be. Um, again, uh, I, I can't explain how I would feel it all at once, but separate. But I did. And when it hit me, I cried like a baby and it was like a reflex. And it was the hardest I ever cried, but it was like somebody hitting your knee and you just have to do it. And yeah, I, I would describe it as that. At that point, do you feel like you just learned what your life purpose was and, and that gave you such an emotional response? Let's say there was a certain deposit of that for sure. But my container and what I was willing to accept was another story. I still had some learning and some traveling to do and some revelation of, of my deep buried childhood trauma, things like that. And once I walked through those motions in interactions and relationships, being the stubborn person I was, and I was able to see those and transmute them and work on myself for a time, then yeah. How long did you continue working at GameStop after your surgery until you made a change? It was like six months. Hmm. I actually fired myself. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I fired myself. I was like, I'm resigning. So and uh they were supposed to give me another position somewhere else lower down the chain but they never kind of made good on it which i mean it was all for a reason it was all a hidden blessing i had taken reiki you know around that time and i didn't use it for years so there were pieces of the puzzle being picked up along the way that were also pieces of my character and who i was in the divine way and I couldn't see it until they came together to form a tapestry in a way, a story. It was I, a story behind who I thought I was. You're currently practicing Reiki now. Can you tell us how you got into that? Um, let's see. Well, I studied with a woman who was also a chiropractor. She was a Reiki master. And then it was something where people just started to have reactions around me where they were being cleared, they were having sensations, spontaneous healings around me, things like that. So I decided to give it a go and make it a business. Um, after a while, 
the same angels that appeared in the voice who I call angels, whether people want to call me aliens or whatever, that's fine. Um, the same angelic beings that appeared to me in my near death instructed me that I'd be connecting them to this blueprint. So it progressed from there, but it was, it was slow as you'd get one client, you would learn, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you would sort of grow and unfold more information and more value and more knowledge. Uh, the more you valued it, put it that way, because it's all about what you put into it, what you're present to be there for. So it sounds like you're saying now that the being or the voice is an angel. I would say angels. I would say now that I can feel them by their frequencies or what, what being is, is who and what. Um, it's, a lot, it's very similar to feeling your own feelings, except I'm not thinking to feel my own feelings. You understand what I mean? So if you're having a thought about being very diplomatic, about a certain situation or if you're having a thought about being very resolute sometimes that's a key to me about who's around or who's communicating there's just certain signs and things like that so do you think that they are your guardian angels i know they're elohim yeah so people identify them as angels they're in the bible some say they're aliens, some say they're fallen angels. It's like whatever you want to call them. It's a frequency that um, of uh, beings that work close with humanity and the Christ consciousness and the singularity, the golden thread that uh, spawned life. Mm. You know, it's, it's a feeling that you would have to feel uh, intuitively to interpret in your soul. Um, which all my clients' words are there uh, for them to express. Because it was something I denied for a long time. Uh, but from what I can gather, it's something that pierces through everything. Uh, it's a love that we can't really have an English word for. All right. Besides doing Reiki and helping people, what else? Do you have anything else that you're doing that you want us to know about? Um. Well... Not really. Uh, I'm in the works with a book uh, to talk a little bit more about my experience, uh, some exercises, some things in there right now uh, to help people to learn how to self-cleanse, activate Christ consciousness, hear their guides, their intuition, um, just connect deeper with uh, their divine self. Um, but they can go to my website. Would you like that link? Sure. That's trinityhealingreiki.com. And I'm also on Facebook at Trinity Healing. Uh, you can see client reviews there, testimonials. Uh, it was something that was, for some reason, given to me by God as a gift when I came back or returning. And it's something I like to give other people because it flows out of my heart. And that's pretty much it. Not much of an identity as far as who I say God is. It's all people's choice in what God they worship. If you don't mind, can you tell us how we can activate our own Christ consciousness? Um, like I was, uh, well, what I do is I guide the clients. Um, first off, 
I asked them to say within themselves. I asked the Holy Spirit to enter my consciousness. Then I have them do some breaths. A few breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Then I say, I ask the Christ or law of one to expand within me. And I ask them to take a few breaths again. And then I say, ask God or source to surround you. And then say, thank you. I love you. And then I guide them. This is connecting three points of energy. You're bringing energy down, you're bringing energy up, and you're trying to connect it in the middle to create that polarity to transmute the lower selves, the, the voices of energy, uh, uh, energy that you create of stress, worry, fear, anxiety, these personalities, in other words. So after that, I have them do spoken word to their subconscious. So if there's issues that are bothering them, I say, I want you to speak to these issues, fear, worry, stress, anxiety. You have no place here anymore. I'm taking this consciousness space back and you have no more, no more room. And you have to be very firm. Like you're talking to kindergarten, like you're talking to bullies at elementary school. Because these are partial slices of consciousness that don't really have whole wholeness to them. And they're given permission to reside because we created them. But now we're pushing on them and we're calling them forth. So I have them speak to their consciousness, to the things that were the most. And I have them go into the Christ or the law of one to be transmuted. They can yawn their way out. They can burp their way out. There's some clients who have you know, really bad manifestations. Uh, and then there's some clients who simply yawn or I yawn for them, which is a, a form of transmutation. Which I'm surprised. Somebody might be yawning from this. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but you're bringing energy down through the top. You're bringing it up and you're connecting it. And then that's polarity. And you're creating polarity within you and then you're starting to expand and take the space back um, where you've put personalities to function in an environment that you don't really need anymore you know and everything is expanding from the sun and the geomagnetic field interaction and everything we're seeing with that it's expanding humanity's consciousness so naturally some people are going to feel pressure you're going to see people kind of lose lose it and then you're going to see other people grow after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you okay with that and if so how should they find you um they can find me on trinityhealing.com uh my phone number's on there feel free to send me a message on facebook also trinity healing um that's perfectly fine with me can you tell us a little bit more about where you went and what was conveyed to you during your experiences? I would say um, I feel I went to the blueprint for all of creation. Um, I don't know if there was anything behind that, but what I learned from it is that it was a point or a marker or a frequency that exists within us that we can connect to. 
um, I learned that it was kind of like the basis before everything was added as far as creation as we see it. It would be a clean slate, beautiful and perfect, peaceful without uh, anger or hate existing there. Um, it was that type of singular, perfect feeling. Um, and and I, I want people to know that like whatever God is, it's that feeling of love. It's that feeling of you do good for someone and you don't ask for anything in return and you refill and you feel that feeling and you walk away and you feel light. Well, you learn that's a compass and you learn that's how you refill yourself and you learn that is God that you're interacting with, that you're having a relationship with creation through every single person you meet behind them is God. And how you treat them is how you're, you're forming your relationship with creation and God itself. I noticed that you have that drum behind you. Are you into shamanism? Uh, yeah, I am actually a little bit. I kind of embrace the native American uh, beliefs a lot. Um, have, a tiny, tiny bit in us, very tiny, you probably can't even measure. But um, I was asking God um, one day in prayer to show me a past life. And not related to the drum, but there was a past life related to that. But um, the very first time was uh, the past life. I was praying to God and I said, I don't believe in this. Uh, show me. And immediately as I'm praying, I'm pulled into a vision and I'm walking. I, I'm looking down. I could see my sandals and I'm walking on a, a road. It was kind of sandy and you could see every little crystal, every little detail, more detail than we're looking at now. And that's the way I described the blueprint. It's a lot more detailed. Um, so I see my, my sandals. I'm walking down the road. I notice I have sort of like a tunic material. I'm looking out of my eyes, so I only see like kind of like my legs. And I look over, and there's a river to my left. I look over, there's a river to my right. And then there's another river in the distance. So I hear, th hear the words three rivers coming into one. And I'm, I have no idea what this means. So the, the vision goes away. I say my prayer. I'm like, okay, what the heck does this mean? I, I look it up. And it was the, uh, I think it was in the biblical times, I think it was the parting of the Red Sea when the three rivers came into one. And it was something to that effect. And that was the first time I ever had that full on past life vision. Hmm. But um, also Native ancestors, yes, uh, with me that, that are helping me, of course, deliver certain knowledge and reveal certain things, like going out into nature. Okay, you know, you need to connect that cycle within you to keep that peace as a foundation. Um, things like that and how they honor nature. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one positive message? I would say um, as you witness your cycles and you think you're in a bad cycle, you think you're in a place of heaviness, always remember the lights always come after that the light cycles however many times you've seen a bad cycle you know you're about to return to a higher place 
and you're in that higher place and you're like, this can't last for long, blah, blah, blah. You're going down to a down place. You're going to a higher place. Well, that's life and everything that it throws at you, it's going to be that way for everybody. For me, for our host, for people watching. And it's how we learn how to deal with the self that we're creating within us and remaining with that authenticity. Do what, what we feel. Does that match our actions? Does that match our words? And that authenticity needs to always be in place. Well, Steve, thank you for that message, and thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you, and I wish you the best. Thank you. All right. Have a great evening. You too, buddy. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.